In today's episode of Dietitians Only, we're breaking down IDDSI, the International Dysphagia Diet Standardization Initiative. So what is it? Why was this change needed? And how does it compare to the National Dysphagia Diet? Stay tuned and we'll cover it all. You're listening to Dietitians Only, a podcast from Dietitians on Demand created by dietitians for dietitians. Sarah and Lindell, take it away. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dietitians Only. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing IDDSI, which is also known as the International Dysphagia Diet Standardization Initiative. That's a mouthful. So we're going to be calling it IDDSI. You may also hear some dietitians or speech therapists call it ITSI. And so potato, potato, um, just mean they know that, uh, just know that they mean the same thing. And so today we're going to be reviewing uh, what it is, why this change was needed, and then we're going to take you through these new levels of the IDDSI levels. And so um, we've got some great resources for you. This is something that's consistently requested from dietitians to get more information on this topic. So we thought, hey, we'll go over it. Um, my name is Sarah Glanz. I'm the dietitian, uh, Dietitians on Demand Corporate Dietitian, and I oversee all of our continuing education resources. And I have uh, my sidekick here, Lindell. Lindell, say hi. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Um, I am Lindell Schuster. I am the Director of Account Management here at Dietitians on Demand, and I am a fellow RD, and I also might struggle when I ask you about the IDDSI. <laughs> so happy to be here and I'm excited to learn more about this. Okay, well, great. So um, so just to start out giving you a little bit of background on what this is, what this initiative is really all about. Um, it's a global initiative that was put into action to try to standardize all of the modified diets that are needed for individuals with dysphagia. And so you're probably familiar with the National Dysphagia Diet, which has the three levels, pureed, mechanically altered, and dysphagia advanced. And so those are the actual food consistencies. And then the liquid consistencies, of course, are going to be your thin liquids, nectar thickened, honey, and pudding or spoon thickened. And so you know, dietitians, all dietitians are familiar with that. We all use that. If you've been practicing for a while, you've probably been using the national dysphagia diet for many, many years now. Um, in fact, you may still be using it. And so, you know, why are we, why are we going to this new thing? Why do we have to learn a new thing? Um, so the IDDSI diet levels, um, they're structured a bit differently. And so in, instead of having three levels for food and four levels for liquids. It actually has eight levels altogether and they are numbered from zero to seven. And so the liquids range from zero to four and the foods range from three to seven. And so you can see, or you can imagine that there's actually some overlap between the liquids and the, the foods, um, which is a bit different than what we see with the national dysphagia diet. So we're going to be discussing each of these levels in much more detail in just a few minutes. Okay. Wow. That's, um, that's quite different. And so I used the, the National Dysphagia Diet in the past. I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, what has changed. Um, but just 
you know, backing up before we get to that, um, why was the change needed in the first place? That's a great question. And that's probably what a lot of dietitians are wondering. <laughs> and why make it longer to say? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why make it more complex? Um, so really you will, you will hear this if you get to talking to speech therapists, especially those who are uh, really in favor of this new change. Um, or honestly, you as a dietitian, if you've worked in different facilities or you've worked in acute care, long-term care, maybe community or like intermediate care facilities, you know that there's a lack of standardization and a lack of consistency between different types of facilities, different levels of care, even between hospitals or between nursing homes. I mean, it's there's really a lack of um, a lack of consistency, honestly. Um, we also see different terminology being used to describe the same diet. So if you've ever heard the terms mechanical soft, mechanical ground, mechanically altered, or just my favorite, simply mechanical. Um, so all those are actually referring to the same diet in theory. Um, but as far as what each facility or what uh, each organization permits and allows on each level diet, that can vary widely. Um, so eventually the end result of all this, you know, disagreement and lack of consistency is a safety issue, essentially, you know, there are certainly a number of episodes or, uh, incidences where patients have received a different diet order than what they're accustomed to or what they're able to manage. And then they have choking issues, um, or, you know, some sort of adverse event. So, the whole idea behind IDDSI is to standardize all of that and make it much more consistent, make the, um, the diet levels a lot more descriptive. So there's less room for interpretation. There's less room for differences and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the why. Of, mm -hmm. of why are we why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, all great points. And yes, I have uh, seen that as well in the past, and yeah, yeah, definitely causes confusion across all disciplines. So, all right, well then, I guess you know. Next, I'd like to know then what exactly has changed and what are these levels all about? Yeah, so um, we're going to go through these one by one. And so what I would recommend, we have some really great resources linked in the show notes. And so if you're able to, you know, pull those up and you can be looking at it as I'm describing it, or if you want to look at it later on, um, there really, there's a ton of great resources. And I want to say it is IDDSI.org. Um, that's where you can find all of this stuff. And so we have that linked in the show notes, but just in case you want to hop there now. Um, so the IDDSI actually uses multiple different identification methods to differentiate between the levels. So they use numbers, they use colors, and they also use words um, or names. They name the levels. And so that was important because um, across, you know, it is an international initiative. And so across people who speak different languages, maybe people who have difficulty reading, um, you know, they can easily understand the different levels and it's much more easy, uh, easier and universal to recognize them. So the IDDSI diet has an actual visual representation that involves two triangles or pyramids. Um, one 
that is facing upward, like the point of the triangle is facing upward. And so that's going to be for your liquids. And then the triangle for the foods or the solids faces downward. And so they touch each other (laughs) and they kind of overlap a little bit with those levels that are the same between liquids and, and solids. And so speaking of the overlapping levels, Um, Levels three and four are going to be the two that overlap between liquids and solids. So level three is a moderately thick liquid or a liquidized food. So on the liquid side, it's going to be moderately thick. On the food side, it's considered liquidized. And then level four is extremely thick liquid or a pureed food. So those are the two that are you know, liquids and solids sort of blur the lines. Um, So getting to the liquids, starting, so we're going to start at zero and we're going to work our way up. Um, So the zero represents thin liquids, which is something that there's not typically a lot of confusion over. This is going to be your water, coffee, tea, juice, broth, stuff like that. Um, Level one is simply thick, or excuse me, slightly thick. Simply thick is a brand. (laughs) Um, slightly thick is level one. And so slightly thick liquids are slightly thicker than water. Um, so an example would be like a thicker, um, anti-regurgitation infant formula. So if you're familiar with that type of consistency, that's what we're looking at. Number two or level two is mildly thick. Um, This means that it requires mild effort to drink it through the straw. So it does go up through a straw, but you have to, you know, use a little bit more effort to do that. And it pours quickly from a spoon. So just want to pause really quickly. One thing that you'll notice as you look into these levels with IDDSI is that um, I know a lot of facilities use like the pre-thickened liquids. They use pureed mold, stuff like that. Um, But with these, they have these testing methods. So like if you um, are working in a nursing home or you're working with clients who live at home and they need thickened liquids um, and they're actually, you know, thickening them by hand, um, they offer some guidance as far as, okay, if it, if the liquid, you know, drops off the spoon in this way, or it falls off the fork in this way, then that's how you can know how thick it is, uh, which I think is pretty cool. So getting back to our levels, um, level three is going to be moderately thick. So with this, you can drink it from a cup. It's pretty difficult to drink from a straw though, Um, but it's still in a liquid form and you can actually pick it up with a fork. So you can scoop this up with a fork and it will drip through the, the tines of a fork in dollops. So it's not so liquidy that it just runs right through, but it will drip drip through the fork. And then finally, um, our thickest liquid is going to be level four, which is extremely thick. This is too thick to be, uh, to be going through a straw and you also cannot drink it through a cup. So you have to use a spoon for this. So this is going to be kind of analogous to your spoon or putting thickened liquids on your national dysphagia diet. So not really liquid per se, but you know, kind of liquid. Um, but you're going to be using a spoon for that one. So moving on to our solids. So again, solids start at level three with liquidized, and so these uh, can be. You can drink them from a cup, 
or eat them with a spoon. Um, there's no chewing involved whatsoever. And liquidized solids are completely smooth without any lumps. So some examples would be like runny pureed fruit, like think about applesauce or pureed peaches or pureed pears. Uh, some sauces like a tomato sauce would, would probably be considered a liquidized. And then gravy also, um, that's an example of a liquidized solid, which sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> um, and then pureed is going to be your level four. So with a pureed food, this will fall off of a spoon in a single drop. So instead of dripping in dollops, it's going to fall off in one big splat. Um, it holds its shape on the plate, so it's not super thin or liquidy. Um, there are no lumps or chunks. The liquids are not separate from the solid. So think about like cold cereal. Um, that is not considered a pureed food because we have like your milk and your cereal or like chicken noodle soup. That doesn't count either. Um, and these foods are not sticky. So for example, a pudding or a custard, that would be appropriate, an appropriate pureed food. Peanut butter is not. So even though it, you know, meets the other criteria as far as, you know, it's smooth, um, it holds its shape on the plate, it falls off the spoon in a single splat, um, it's sticky. So it doesn't qualify as a pureed food. The next level is level five, which is minced and moist. And so minced and moist is sort of like your ground meats. So like ground beef, ground turkey, ground pork. These are going to be very small lumps, so small that they can fit between the tines of a fork. So we're talking really like almost like a piece of rice. That's how small. They must also have moisture. So they must be moist enough that you can mush it together to form a ball, like a little meatball. Um, it does not require biting, but it does require a little bit of chewing. So some examples are going to be, like I mentioned, the ground meats. Also tuna fish is a great one, cottage cheese, um, you know, a rice pudding, something like that. Soft and bite-sized is level six. Again, no biting is required on this one, but chewing is required. This is uh, can be easily broken up with a fork. It does not require a knife to cut it. You could cut it, it's soft enough that it can be cut with a fork. So examples are gonna be like tender meat, fish, tofu, softly cooked vegetables, canned fruits, canned pears, canned peaches, stuff like that. So you, um, it's not chunks, or, you know, little bits, it's a solid piece, but it's soft enough that it can be cut with a fork. Um, the next one is going to be easy to chew, and that's your level seven. Um, there's actually kind of like two level sevens. Um, one is easy to chew, one is regular. So jumping ahead, regular is exactly what it sounds like. There's no restrictions there, but, um, easy to chew. That's going to be soft and tender. Nothing that's really tough, crunchy or fibrous. So, you know, you wouldn't be having raw vegetables on that or, you know, something that's really tough and crunchy. Soft biting is typically required. Chewing is also required. Um, the patient needs to be able to uh, form a bolus of food for swallowing. So they need to be able to chew the food, move it around the mouth safely, and then form a bolus to swallow. 
Um, easy to chew, typically can be cut with a fork. So again, it's still fairly tender, um, but you're looking at solid to totally solid foods here. So those are the, the levels in a nutshell. Like I said, I would really encourage you to look at the, the triangles <laughs> that they have um, because it sort of makes a lot of sense as you can see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you've given some really great examples as I'm forming thoughts in my head like, ooh, would that be mashed potatoes? Ooh, would that be, you know, uh, salmon, very soft salmon. So you've, you've done very good with describing that, but I agree. It would be nice to see pictures, uh, like in a chart, do they make charts or webinars or, or some sort of guide? Yeah, absolutely. The There's actually something called a crosswalk between the national dysphagia diet and IDDSI. And we've linked that in the show notes. So you can print that out and it's really helpful because it's really helpful, honestly, as you're learning the levels, you know, because we've been so like the nectar thickened liquids, the puree, the mechanically altered, whatever that's been so ingrained in our brains. And so now to just throw all that out the window and have to relearn, you know, seven, well, really eight new levels. Um, that's a lot. So if you can piece it together and say, okay, um, Nectar liquids are the same as mildly thick or uh, mechanically altered is going to be your minced and moist now. Uh, dysphagia advanced, that's going to be soft and bite-sized or easy to chew, stuff like that. If you can kind of make the connection between the two systems, um, I think that would be really helpful. And so it's easy as you're or it's uh, helpful as you're learning the levels, but it's also really helpful as you're starting to transition over to IDDSI fully. Oh yeah, that would be a great resource. Thank you for that. Yeah, and that is in in the show notes as well. And so, as as a dietitian, learning to, um, you know, to kind of transition, um, how do you then get the others ready to transition the the food service uh, side and the operations side and then nursing? Um, how do you recommend dietitians start with that? That's you know, that's really what feels overwhelming about all this. You know, if you're working in a huge facility or, I mean, even honestly, even if you're working in a small facility, you really have to think through all of the different, um, all of the different ways that patients and residents interact with food while they're in your facility. Of course, they get their meals. They also have stacks. They may have family members bringing in fruit from home. They may have activities where they serve, you know, punch and cookies and stuff like that. So really, it's not just enough that the dietitians know the different levels. Everyone has to know the different levels. And that can be feel really overwhelming. So the first thing I would recommend is that you as a dietitian, if you are going to be the one champion, championing this, um, you really need to be familiar and kind of know the ins and outs of these different levels, what's permitted on each level, stuff like that. And so we have some webinars in our store, um, our Elevate shop, if you're interested in using our resources Otherwise, IDDSI.org has tons of free resources. And so, you know, they are kind of the, they wrote the book on this. So, you know, they are going to be a great resource for you. Um, and then partner up, really, this is a great project to partner up with like your speech therapist, maybe a nursing representative, your food service director, because you're going to need 
several different um, stakeholders and champions to really get the word out with, you know, different groups of people. So you're going to think about, again, all the ways um, that food, that your patients and residents interact with food. And so you'll have to think about changing the menu, you know, with, um, if not the the actual food that's on the menu, you're going to have to think through, um, okay, right now we just have like a pureed, a mechanical soft and a regular, and then we have to expand that to, you know, five different solid food levels. And so you may choose not to adopt all, all the levels of IDDSI. You may just, you know, use the crosswalk and say, what do we have now? And then what would that translate to in IDDSI? It's really up to you, but, you know, think about the menu, think about the names of your diets, your diet orders, um, labeling in the medical record. So as a physician is making orders or putting in diet orders, is he or she going to know what the heck a minced and moist diet is, <laughs> you know? So, um, you may consider what's called double labeling, so you would use the old terminology, you know, uh, mechanical ground slash minced and moist. And so that's a good way to start associating the two, the two terms in the two systems. Um, and then, of course, you have to train all your staff, um, which can be really overwhelming, especially in areas maybe like food service. If you do have a high turnover or especially right now with all the staffing shortages, that can seem like a really big undertaking. And it is. Um, but, you know, start small, use the double labeling, um, talk about it frequently. A lot of the manufacturers, the food manufacturers who do like the pre-thickened liquids and they create that sort of stuff, they have already started using the IDDSI numbers and colors and names on their products as well. So, you know, if your staff is looking for something moderately thick, um, then that should be listed on the box or the, the bottle or whatever. Um, so, you know, just be patient. It is really a, it is truly a major undertaking. Uh, but just know that there are tons of resources out there. Rome wasn't built in a day. So just take your time with it. And remember that the ultimate goal here is patient safety. And that's really what we're after. Yeah, good tips. It sounds like you have some experience with that. Um, so thank you, Sarah. This was very, very great. I mean, this is great, um, great material to have and just a great starting point. So I've, I've very much enjoyed this and I've learned a lot. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, we're definitely all still learning. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> we will be for a while, it sounds like. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, we're glad you got to tune in today and uh, we're going to sign off for today and we hope to see you again soon. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Bye, all. Thanks for listening to Dietitians Only, a podcast produced by Dietitians On Demand. If you need a break today, scroll over to the review section of the podcast and leave us one. Your feedback is the best way to help the podcast grow. Dietitians On Demand employs hundreds of dietitians nationwide and elevates the profession with simple yet effective practice resources like this podcast. Don't forget to stay connected with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. 
The information in this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content is for general information purposes only. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from or through this podcast with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment because of something you heard in this podcast.